Hey guys, welcome back to Woman with Resiliency. I hope you guys had a good New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's, everyone. I hope 2021 is the best year of your life. You know, I'm not going to complain about 2020 and say ah, it was the worst year because honestly, it was one of the best years of my life. I used to be the type of person that every year the year would end and I would be like, you know, this year could have been better. Yes, it's good to, you know, look at what you could improve on. But I think that 2020 was one of the best years of my life because it led to a lot of self-reflection, a lot of introspection and a lot of growth. Okay, these past four months have been probably the most critical months of my life and They've helped me grow a lot. And the person that I'm becoming now, I'm starting to like her a lot more than the person who I was, you know, before, like, I would say the first half of 2020. And like the last, like the second half. Okay. The the first, the three quarters of 2020. Okay. The last quarter of 2020, though, I liked who I was becoming. So today's episode is going to be on what is emotional maturity and the importance of managing your emotions. I think this is a topic that I don't think a lot of people talk about. I feel like, you know, it's just kind of a lot of people just assume that people should just know this stuff or you just know it. It's common sense. But honestly, common sense, sometimes it's not so common. And I don't think like all the aspects of emotional maturity are common, you know, Um, A lot of people think maturity comes with age. However, emotional maturity, you know, it doesn't come automatically with age. You don't just turn 25 and your prefrontal cortex is fully developed and all of a sudden you're emotionally mature. It's just not how it works. It requires ongoing and ardent work on ourselves. It involves articulating our own truth and acting in accord with its challenges You know, a lot of personal experiences and going through life is what adds to our emotional maturity. You don't just wake up one day and be like, you know, I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to be all these things. It's a gradual process and you do need to be very self-aware and work on yourself to reach a level of emotional maturity. I don't think you ever reach like a full, full, I don't think everyone's definition is different. I think it's an ongoing process throughout your entire life. Okay, so these past four months, I've read a lot of books, um, a lot of books on emotional intelligence, emotional maturity. I'm going to be using those interchangeably because honestly, they mean the same thing almost from the books that I've read. They're pretty much the same thing. I read How to Be an Adult by David Richo. I read, you know, Could Your Emotional Intelligence Be Holding You Back? I read a lot of books, a lot of YouTube videos. I started watching a lot of School of Life and psych to go And I was reading a bunch of blog posts on Medium. And it really just showed me and gave me the knowledge that I did not have before. Because I just didn't really think. I didn't really think that this was a thing. I didn't even know this was a thing, you know. I just thought, you know, you just go through life, do whatever you want, and it that's how it works, but that's, that's not how it works. So, I'll be talking about the book that I read, How to Be an Adult First. How to Be an Adult, a handbook on psychological and spiritual integration by David Richo. It discusses the three challenges to adulthood, 
which are fear, anger, and guilt, as well as the self-esteem that comes from meeting those challenges. Okay, so there's just like a lot of things that I learned from this and it's helped me, you know, I started journaling and I get to really reflect on what I need to work on and what all this stuff means and how I can be more emotionally intelligent. So it talks about fear and then it talks about how integration is the primary result of working on fear. So, for example, the fear of loss, the integrated result is letting go of attachment. The fear of change, the integrated result is adjustment. You know, we're humans, we're very good at adapting, you know, evolution, natural selection. The fear of the fear of loneliness is integrated as a support system, a strong support system. The fear of intimacy, the integra integrated result is commitment. Fear of power, the integrated result is assertiveness. Fear of feelings, the integrated result is acceptance of vulnerability. The fear, fear of failure is integrated with letting the chips fall where they may. And the fear of success is integrated with self-esteem. So, fear is a common thing. I think, especially when we're growing up. You know, I think when we were kids, it was pretty, like, generic, you know. You're scared of the monster under your bed. But I think as you grow up, you know, you have the fear of, will I succeed in life or not? Will this business venture that I just started up, will it, you know, be successful? Will I get married on time? Will I this, this, this? And I think a part of emotional maturity is knowing how to let go and not attach yourself really to an outcome, but to the process. If you can do that, I feel like it makes you a better person overall because you won't be as like stressed out. And honestly, stress makes you act in terrible ways sometimes. So being able to you know work through fear is really important same thing with anger now anger is natural when i think about someone who's emotionally immature I think about someone who's emotional outburst someone who they can't handle these emotions and you know someone who is just angry you know so anger is natural everyone experiences it we're lying to ourselves if we say we don't but it needs to be expressed to maintain psychological health, okay? Anger is the feeling that says no to opposition, injury, or injustice. It's a signal that something that you value is in jeopardy, okay? So the physical energy of anger itself comes from the fight side of the fight, flight or fight response of adrenaline, okay? And the psychological energy of anger comes from the real or imagined sense of threat. So, anger is thus expressed even when its foundation is irrational. Because sometimes you're angry and you're just like, this isn't even something I should be angry about, you know? But you can feel something and react in a different way. You don't have to be impulsive, you know, rage, okay? So, we, we need to express the anger. But we express the feeling because it's real for us. Not because it has like an objective justification or because it makes sense. So anger can be shown directly by raising your voice, 
changes in facial expressions and gestures, a show of excitement and displeasure, or you can be passive-aggressive, which again, very immature, but, you know, not, not admitting that you're angry. And, you know, you start gossiping. You start giving the silent treatment. Refuse to cooperate. Absent. Rejection. You are vengeful. You are, have malice to cause pain, you know. And passive anger and rage. Rage is um, strongly expressed anger. Hate is strongly held in anger. And then unexpressed anger, which is resentment. These are all very um, petty. I'm going to use the word petty because I know a lot of you guys know what that word means. But basically, it shows that you're emotionally immature. Also, if you're suppressing anger because of fear or to rationalize it as politeness, that's also to a degree immature. Obviously, sometimes you need to stop being angry because there's no reason for you to be angry and, you know, if it's something that you are having trouble with, there's anger management classes, there's therapy, but it needs to be expressed, but there's a difference between, you know, drama and anger. Anger is a true feeling, and then drama is avoidance of the feeling. The emotionally mature person will drop the drama and show responsible anger, okay? So we have two types of egos that's what david reacher says in his book the neurotic ego and the adult functional ego so the neuro neurotic ego clings on to negative excitement which is a drama okay and the adult functional ego loves the positive excitement of expressing true feeling and then being released from it you know you're not holding on to it so i'll give you some examples of you know what is drama and what is anger? Because I feel like a lot of us are, you know, expressing drama and not true anger. So, for example, so drama is like you're scaring the other person. And true anger is you're informing the hearer and create attention in the hearer, okay? Drama is meant to silence the other so they just, you know, stop talking. They just shut their mouth. And true anger is meant to communicate with the other person. Like, hey, you know, you did this. It really, like, you know, I didn't like it. Maybe, like, we can work on this for next time. Drama is like making the dashed expectation or fear of not being in control with the false sense of control. And true anger contains sadness or disappointment. And these are acknowledged. Drama blames the other for what one feels. True anger takes responsibility for this feeling as one's own and not blaming the other person for making them feel this way, okay? Because we are not responsible for how other people will react to what we do. Obviously, I'm not saying be a bad person and just like go around life and just make hurt people. But I'm saying if you don't do anything, you know, fundamentally wrong and someone is like upset about it, that isn't your fault, you know? Especially if it's just like very irrational and doesn't make sense. And that person should recognize and take responsibility that this is their own feeling. And that is a sign of emotional maturity. Right? Drama, you know, violent, aggressive, out of control, punitive. True anger is nonviolent, always in control, and within safe limits. Drama demands that the other changes. And true anger asks for change, but allows the other to change or not change. Right? Because everyone has free will. 
And the emotionally mature person recognizes that, that they don't have control of the other person. They can't tell them to do what they what they want them to do or tell them to change, right? They'll ask for it politely, but they won't, like, you know, badger them to change. Drama represses a true feeling, and true anger expresses an assertive response. Drama occludes others' feelings. True anger coexists with others' feelings. Drama creates stress because one's bruised, scared ego is impotently enraged. True anger releases the aliveness in one's true self. Drama is held onto and, en and endures as resentment. Right? You ever have, you ever been in a situation where it's like you did something, you made a mistake. Let's say you made a mistake a couple months ago. That one person brings it up. It's like, you know, this is the reason why, like, I can't be friends with you because you did this mistake. Even though you apologized for it and you didn't make that mistake again. But there's this resentment, right? Because they didn't express it at the time that they, or they did express it, but not fully, you know? And true anger, it's brief. And then they let go. They let go of, it, go of it with a sense of closure. Drama insists the others see how justified one is. You know, I'm trying to prove your point. True anger does not need a response. So it's important to apply this, distinct, this distinction, right? And to know if you are reacting out of like dramatic, dramatic response or is it truly anger? Right? Passive aggressiveness, man. We learned this in elementary school. Being passive aggressive isn't cool. Being giving someone the sign treatment just because they upset you. Or like you see this a lot in like high school relationships. Like, you know, you block the other person and you just wait for them and then you unblock them. Or like they'll email you so you unblock them. Like it's very immature. <laughs> Functioning, healthy adult relationships don't need that, okay? Communicate. Hopefully communicate. So the third challenge to adulthood that David Richo mentioned was guilt. Okay, there's two types of guilt. Neurotic guilt and appropriate guilt. So neurotic guilt is impossible to eliminate entirely, but it's important to allow this guilt to be in your mind, but no longer let it lead you to act or not to act. Okay, and then there's appropriate guilt. And... Appropriate guilt is unnecessary and, in, and dangerous to eliminate, okay? It helps us know when we disturbed a moral balance. Kind of like knowing from right or wrong. Uh, so, it's important to know the difference and to act accordingly with guilt. You know, if you're feeling guilty because you did something wrong, that is healthy and normal. You should not eliminate it because then you'll be committing a bunch of crimes and not feeling any guilt. But neurotic guilt, we need to learn how to, you know, become more grounded with it and learn to not let it control us. Okay? So, basically... These three things are challenges to adulthood, and I think in your entire life you suffer with trying to deal with fear, anger, and guilt all the time. But as you grow up, you learn how to manage these three challenges and learn how to overcome them, okay? So to be 
more emotionally mature, requires one to be self-aware. And the last quarter of 2020 is when I became self-aware. Because before then, I did not know. I was pretty, pretty ignorant. I did not know what I was doing wrong. Okay? But the thing is, yes, I've made mistakes. Yes, I've acted in immature ways. I'll give you an example. You know, um, if I've had a problem with someone, I'll go to my other friends and ask them for advice instead of sorting it out with that one person. And, you know, that issue would have been resolved in like two minutes. But going and asking other people for advice and getting them to formulate your opinions, yeah, that's pretty immature. Because, yeah, sometimes you do require other people's advice. But I noticed that the people that I was getting advice from also lacked the experience in life. And that was just adding to me, to my lack of experience, and the outcome wasn't pretty, okay? But I know that I did that wrong. You know, I used to be very um, obnoxious and loud. I would say the dumbest stuff. Like, I cringe. I really do. Like, I wish I could give myself a slap in the face and be like, what were you doing, you know? But that's the thing. Blame isn't good. It's good to be accountable, to hold yourself accountable, but blame leads to, like, you know, it's just not good. It's very counterproductive. But accountability leads to higher self-esteem and amendment. And, you know, by being compassionate and holding ourselves accountable, we affirm a self-forgiveness, which is really self-actualization, okay? So instead of me, you know, being like ruminating and like blaming myself man if i just did this right i'm like no it's okay yes i do realize what i did was wrong i hold myself accountable but i did the best with what i had at the time with what i knew at the time okay so that's important if you're trying to be more emotionally mature you need to stop the blame okay so it's important to see one's flaws and admitting when you're wrong and getting the help that you need and not blaming others, not blaming your past, not blaming your environment. Okay, don't sulk. I used to do this. I used to be like, well, you know, I'm like this because, you know, in high school, you know, people were like mean to me, you know, or like, I, I can't really trust you because, you know, someone broke my trust a couple years ago. So I'm not going to trust you either because, you know, all men are trash. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just like a sign of emotional immaturity and me blaming others and me saying, instead of, you know, owning up, I did know I had an issue. I knew I had a problem. But instead of 100% owning it up to myself because I am my own person and letting like past incidents in my environment influence my behavior is kind of like looking for a scapegoat. And you don't do that, okay? That's a sign of emotional immaturity. A sign of emotional maturity is, you know, owning up to it and not blaming and getting the help. You know, get a therapist. Um, You know, read the self-help books. Do what you need to do. But don't blame other people and don't blame the past. Don't blame the environment because it's very easy to get stuck in that victim mentality. And, oof, trust me, it's a very hard to get out of that mentality. So another sign of emotional maturity is thinking before you react and speak, like having like 
a mental pause. So again, I used to not do this. I would say the first thing that came into my little brain and I would react. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't do this because you'll regret it. And I always regretted it after. I'm like, man, I could have just waited it out, waited a couple of days. I could have, you know, held off from this emotional outburst. Because it does, it creates rifts in relationships. It's just not good in friendships. So you need to think before you speak. You need to think before you react. I, like a general rule of thumb is like, wait like two days, sleep on it. And if it's still really bothering you, then communicate with the other person that, hey, like, you know, this is bothering me. Like, maybe we can figure something out. Okay? So, very important. Think before you react and speak. Another sign that I've noticed of emotional maturity in others, and something that I'm noticing more in myself as I do become more emotionally mature is... Talking less, and I know, wow, I sound like a really big liar right now because I'm talking so much, but I mean when there's other people around. Talking less and listening more. This was a problem that I had. I had a really big problem with talking a lot. Anyone who knows me from high school, anyone who knows me from my past, knows that I am a pretty talkative person, and that's just something that, you know, I don't plan on changing because I think it is a good trait to have, but there comes a point where it's just obnoxious and too much and you need to get a grip, right? And like the other person on the other end or the other people, there's multiple people, they don't get a chance, right? People love, it's human nature, people love to talk about themselves, but you have to realize it's good to talk less and listen more. And let other people talk about themselves, you know? I'm not saying go completely mute and not speak at all. I'm saying practice moderation, balance it out. Let people speak. Don't interrupt when they're speaking, you know? Let there be a pause in a conversation. It doesn't have to be awkward. That is something that I've really worked on and I find myself having more meaningful conversations now because it's not just me talking. It's like... There's pause, but then the other person speaks. And I learn something. I actually learn new things this way instead of it just being, you know, irrelevant information or just like me babbling. So it's important to be a good listener and that's someone who's emotionally mature is a good listener, okay? Another sign is recognizing that you can't control people and you don't try to control people. So what I mean by control is, here's the thing. We're humans. We all have free will. The act of control or like even like telling someone that they need to change something for you or they need to do something for you isn't good, okay? We shouldn't have these expectations because expectations lead to disappointment. And let's say in a relationship, let's say... Um, you were controlling, maybe you were micromanaging, maybe it wasn't intentional, you know? But let's say, I'm going to give you an example, let's say, uh, uh, you, your significant other goes out with the opposite gender, their friend, but they didn't tell you beforehand. Now, look, I'm saying, yeah, that's not a big deal now, but me before, you know, I would have been like, what? 
why didn't you tell me, you know, you're cheating on me, ah, you know, I need you to tell, <laughs> I need you to tell me when you go out before you go out with the girl alone, like, realizing that no one answers to you, you are not God, you know, you're not some higher power, you're not some king, something, no one answers to you, they're not your pet, don't treat them like that, they have their own free will, and independence is key, so once you recognize that you can't control, you know, you'll reach a level, higher level of emotional maturity. And and it's not just people, it's like things. You can't change what's happened in the past. So stop trying to control that and stop trying to control the outcome. Just let go, okay? It's very important not to try to control. It's a very bad trait to have. Something I need, I had to work through with therapy, but you know, I don't think I, I was ever really that bad, though. I don't think I was, like, the point where it's, like, you know, like, extremely, like, to a toxic level. But I did realize that I can have a tendency. Uh, I am part of a lot of leadership, you know, positions around my school. And I find that, you know, I usually have to tell people what to do. So sometimes it not, it's like a natural insect and it comes out. But I realized that no, not someone, no one has to tell me what they're doing. Even if I'm in a relationship with them, like, yes, there's some like degree of respect that's there, but it's not a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, that's another thing. Emotionally mature people, they don't make big deals over like the minorest, minorest. That's not even a word. Minor issues. <laughs> okay, the smallest issues. I was going to say smallest, but then I said minorest. <sighs> yeah. So another thing is, an emotionally mature individual will act. Act not as in like, you know, set up an act, but like act, like their actions will speak louder than their words. They won't be using their words because, you know, words are like cheap. Talk is cheap. Words sell you short. Um, you know, you let's say you're at the mall and there's a salesperson they're trying you know like those little boots they're trying to sell you like those straighteners the flat irons and stuff but you're just like no please leave me alone you know you're just like no i'm not interested but they keep like let's say you go to the mall the next day and then they ask you again and it's just like bro i'm not interested right but they're using their words they're like oh my god this product is amazing this is this but you don't believe it until they actually use the product on you because now you're actually seeing what it's like so there's no point in just like trying to prove to someone with your words that you know you're a good person that you're changing i used to do this i used to be like hey look man i'm doing that i'm doing the work i'm changing you know i was i would announce what i was doing but i wasn't really acting on it like fully so i think with my experiences with my age now i realized that words don't mean anything and when I was naive, you know, I'd be like, yeah, words, yeah, words of affirmation, that's my love language. And I'm like, actions, they speak much louder. Don't get me wrong, words are all cute and stuff. But for the majority of it, you need to look at people's actions. And you need to make sure that you are, you know, consistent with your actions. Emotionally mature people don't make the same mistake twice. Because you make a mistake once... That's a mistake. Twice it's not a mistake. Now it's either you're doing it intentionally or you actually have an issue that you need to work through and, you know, you need to work on it. But let's say you have anger issues. 
the first time you rage, okay, maybe it's a mistake, but the second time you do it now, it's not a mistake. You have an underlying, you know, condition. Of, there's the root problem to why you're acting this way. So, emotionally mature people, you know, realize that it's a, if it's a mistake, it's a mistake, they won't make it again. But if it's something deeper than that, they will get the help that they need, as I said before. Emotionally mature people have high levels of empathy. They're more open-minded. So when I say high levels of empathy, it's like, instead of just, you know, labeling someone as, well, this person clearly is toxic and is not good, they're more like, okay, understanding. Like, okay, maybe this person is just projecting they're this way because of this. But I know that I need to remove myself because it isn't a healthy situation for me. But I do wish the best for them and hope they get the help that they need. Right? That is someone who has high levels of empathy. That's how they would act. High levels of empathy, you know, towards other people. You're towards pets and animals. You know, you're just a kinder person. When you're emotionally mature, you're kinder. You're more generous. You want to give back. You're not as selfish, you're more selfless. If someone rejects you, doesn't want to be with you, you understand their position and understand that maybe you did something that was wrong and it hurt them. And even if you don't think you did anything wrong, well, they felt like you did something wrong and that's a good enough reason, okay? And you are empathetic and you understand. They're also open-minded. So open-minded, instead of having like a very narrow world view and thinking, you know, I'm right. This is how it's supposed to go. This, 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 this. You're more flexible. They're more flexible with their thinking. They're like, okay, well, everyone is different. They're not as biased, right? But also, emotionally mature, mature people recognize and admit that they're biased. Like... It's impossible not to be. You have to ask yourself where you might be practicing discrimination, subtly or unsubtly. This doesn't have to be like racism. It can be like anything. Um, but you can begin to work on it. Right? So I think this is a pretty big issue in the South Asian community. There's a lot of racism. Um, it might be subtle. And I find, you know, family members, they'll say something and it's subtle. And before I've let it slide, but now I'm like, please, like, we're all human. Like, I'm not going to lie and be like, you know, it, it's your environment does influence who you are. But I'm just totally against it. Like, I'm like, no, like, everyone, just because someone is, you know, like this race doesn't mean they're going to act this way. Everyone is different. You can't classify bad. Like, that's just saying, you know, all Muslims are terrorists. You can't classify all Muslims are te as terrorists, you know what I mean? Like, I'm Muslim, <laughs> I'm not a terrorist. So it's like, why do we do that with other races? And I, when I see someone do that, it really irks me and bothers me. So knowing, like, knowing where you can or your environment is being, dis you know, racist or portraying discrimination, you need to point it out and try to help them educate them. Yes, okay, so this one I think is really important. An emotionally mature person recognizes and accepts their own feelings and needs, but they don't wallow in them, okay? Recognize that not everyone will meet their needs, and they might not need all of their needs met because they are self-sufficient. And 
that's very important to be self-sufficient because it's very easy to just become reliant on someone to and have expectations for them to you know meet all your needs and then you like get sad when they don't it's just we're human we're imperfect okay you need to be able to fulfill your own needs and not rely on others recognizing your feelings and knowing that you are not the center of everyone's world okay we're not victims of our own lives people are not out to get you or hurt you i promise you this not everyone is a bad person there's a lot of good people out there and i used to be like that i used to be like, ah. no you know everyone's just going to lie to me lie to me cheat on me betray me leave me but then when I really started putting myself out there, you know, when I started working, started volunteering more, um, started interacting with new people, I'm like, no, there's a lot of good people out there. I just had a very narrow, closed-minded mind, closed mindset, and I just assumed the worst, okay? Life is only partly what happens to us and mostly how we respond to it. So stop acting like a victim, you know what I mean? As an emotionally mature person, you choose how you react, okay? You choose what to react to. You realize that not everything deserves a reaction. So I think to recognize the difference, I'm sorry if I'm sniffling. I'm still getting over. I'm over the virus, but, you know, the after effects, they're still there. So the difference between someone who is sad or emotionally impoverished, it, people, you know, are, and those that are emotionally strong it's not that nothing bad ever happened to that person who or the people who are emotionally strong it's just that they choose not to assume a passive role in their life they choose not to act like the victim and the soul can complain about their life they choose to be better they know that there's more to life that's another trait that emotionally mature people have they're positive they're optimistic desperately optimistic you know what i mean they don't complain, they don't like, you know, oh, well, this didn't go my way, so I'm just going to give up on everything, you know. They see a brighter future for themselves, and they see themselves from a growth perspective and not from a stagnant perspective. They believe that they can change. They believe that they can be better than who they were yesterday. Emotionally mature people do not compare themselves to others. They compare themselves to who they were yesterday. They do not compare their relationships to others because they know that everyone's relationship is different. No relationship is perfect. No friendship is perfect. No family is perfect. They recognize that. So they do not compare it. Emotionally mature people. It sounds like I'm saying immature, I think. But I'm saying mature. Uh, emotionally mature people are honest. They commit to telling the truth. Right? They have high levels of integrity. You know, even if they know the truth is going to hurt someone, right? If they know, like, this is the best decision, but the truth will hurt the other person, they still act with honesty, and they are genuine, right? They're not manipulative, they don't, they're not putting up a front, they're honest. Emotionally mature people can endure setbacks, they have composure and grit. You know, they're like, okay, well, life isn't always going to be perfect, there are going to be challenges, and they accept the challenge. An important aspect to being emotionally mature, I think, I think before I said, I don't know what I said, but 
I was like, oh, this is like the most important. But I think this is definitely the greatest sign of someone who is emotionally mature. Because if they have this, it reflects on all aspects of their life. So self-control and the ability to delay gratification. So if they can do this, right, if they're able to tolerate discomfort, they are automatically emotionally mature. They, you know, they're able to tolerate discomfort as long as they find a solution. They know that things are, they know that things that are worthy of their time will require their patience, persistence, and effort. They don't just give up, right? They enhance their experiences of pleasure by dealing and experience pain and getting over with like the harder things. So they place their responsibilities before, you know, leisure and free time. Um, they believe that's a successful way to live. You know, instant gratification. We live in a, a digital world. Instant gratification, very easy to get. But someone who's really committed and emotionally mature, they will realize the importance of, you know, discipline, controlling themselves, and delaying gratification. This will also help in relationships, as if you can have self-control, delay gratification, be, have some discipline, you won't have those emotional outbursts. You'll be able to sleep on it, you know? You'll be able to realize that not everything will be perfect. You won't be so quick to leave a relationship, and you won't be so naive to stay in a relationship that is painful. So, very important. If you're going to take one thing from this episode, take the self-control and the delaying your gratification and the discipline, okay? So the best solutions, mature people know that the best solutions come with delaying the need to get rid of the problem quickly. All right. So another sign of emotional maturity is being able to express gratitude, being thankful to people, circumstances and experience instead of, you know, being like ungrateful, being kind to, you know, waitresses, waiters, when, I, when someone asks me for, like, you know, relationship advice, I'm like, look at how they treat waiters and waitresses. Now, I would say, like, 99.9% of the time, how they treat other people, will, it will show you how they will treat you, right? So, that's very important. Make sure, you know, you tip, always tip service workers. And emotionally mature people turn happiness into sharing and generosity they if they're happy they're feeling good they want to help others you know they might do like volunteering or fundraiser they might just help a friend who's in a crisis okay emotionally mature people aren't easily triggered they're good at taking feedback if someone gives them like you know constructive criticism and like hey you know you did this i don't think that's right you'll take it they won't be like, oh, well, you know, I wasn't trying to be like that, you know. They'll just be like, okay, maybe that is something I need to work on. Now, I'm not saying be a doormat and just let people, you know, walk all over you and be like, you know, they're just like pretty much making fun of you at that point. No, but sometimes, most of the time, when people are giving you constructive criticism, it's really from out of love and out of like, you know, care for you. So don't get triggered. Emotionally mature people are, are very good at letting go of attachments. So if they're going, let's say, get, you get dumped, you're going through a breakup. The emotionally mature person won't ask for a second chance. You know, 
as much as they're, you know, devastated or upset, they'll, you know, be like, okay, I respect your decision and head out the door and never speak to them again, right? And they'll learn from their mistakes so they can be better for their next relationship. So emotionally immature people, right? We might have been this person or we've seen people like this. Um, ask for second chances, you know, try, like, I get it. In matters of love, we don't use our logic, but you need to be logical. Don't let your emotions get the best of you. Emotionally mature people are a bit more private with their life. So if they're having, you know, issues career-wise, relationship-wise, they won't go and ask everyone out for advice. They will try to figure it out, them, figure it out themselves because 99.9% of the time, you can figure it out yourself. We live in the age of the internet. A lot of things, you can like quick Google search, it'll tell you. Um, having your own opinions and just like having your own, having a good head on your shoulders will help you with this as well because you'll be able to think for yourself. Right? Um, emotionally mature people know how to compromise and healthily communicate. Compromise is something that I know is hard for some, but it is important. It's an important aspect in everything. In business, in relationships, you need to be able to compromise and get to a middle ground because you're not always going to agree with everyone. And Knowing that you won't always agree with everyone is also a sign of emotional maturity because everyone is different. You learn how to ground yourself. You're good at grounding yourself. You know, if you feel like you're going to have an outburst and you're just very, very upset, those that are emotionally mature will seek ways to ground themselves. So for me, I like to meditate. I have healing crystals. I like to do yoga. I like to listen to my healing music. I like to listen to Mozart. A lot of piano, instrumental. I like to go play the piano myself. This has helped me tremendously as I was someone who was very impulsive. You know, I was upset. Okay, I'm just going to go like rage. Not rage really, but it was just like I'm going to act on it. Um, so, yeah, not good. You need to learn how to ground yourself. It'll help you because here's the thing about stress and, you know, life. Stress is inevitable. In life, you need to learn how to manage it. You need to learn how to manage your emotions. And techniques like meditation, yoga, really help. Journaling. Mm, I'll talk about some more at the end. Okay. So I think, yeah. So an emotionally mature person is consistent to their commitments. They're not flaky. They don't flop. If they make plans, they stick to them. If they start a business, they stick to it. I'm not going to lie, I started an eyelash business when I was like 18. Who let me? Anyways, that flopped. But as I grow up, I realize how important consistency is. It also is a symbol and it's like symbolic of your personality, your character. Like it really affects your reputation because if people see that you are not a consistent person in the future, this may hurt you future business partnerships. So you need to be consistent. And the emotionally mature person knows that looks are not everything. And what matters is per a person's character, personality. That's what matters. Okay? They'll realize that he looks in relationships is what I'm talking about. Looks attract, but they do not keep a relationship, my friend. Your character, 
the ability to grow, personality, these things are what create a lasting, mature relationship, okay? So now, in this last bit, I'll be talking about how to manage your emotions, as this is something that I have put into practice and have been consistently practicing for these past four, almost five months. And that is, that's a lot actually. So the first thing I started doing was reading these books, Self-Help, Emotional Intelligence. They helped, you know, make me, they, they remind me of what, who I want to be and how I want to be and my behavior, like how I want to modify my behavior. Because if you think about it, like I'm 21 now and I can't just walk around like a 10 year old and cry when something doesn't go my way, you know, that's not how life works. And I do think I would have been more mature earlier on if, if I read these books earlier. And I do think environment does play a role, but I'm not, again, I'm not blaming my, blaming my environment. I'm just telling you guys, when you're the youngest child and the only girl in a South Asian family, you know how it is. You're pretty spoiled. Everything pretty much goes your way. And for me to break out of that mentality was a lot of work. It was a lot of, you know, I can't be getting my way through my emotions anymore. And I didn't even realize I was doing it, but subconsciously it was there, right? So undoing that was important. Um, another way that I learned how to manage my emotions was doing yoga and meditating. Um, I started using healing crystals, amethysts, pink calcite, rose quartz. These really helped keep me grounded and help, helped me love myself if that makes any sense because at the end of the day to be emotionally mature to have healthy relationships partnerships friendships you need to be able to validate yourself as i look back i was someone who needed external validation right i was seeking external validation through social media through people if someone didn't comment or compliment me i would get offended and now i'm like i need to be able to validate myself because if I rely on others to meet my needs, it's just not going to work. I'm going to have, I, and I don't even know how to manage my emotions. Mix those two things together, right? Needing external validation and not knowing how to manage your emotions. Oof, it's a recipe for disaster. So doing yoga and meditation has really helped shift my mental state. It keeps me calm. I swear, ask anyone now. They're like, how do you not get angry? My cousin was saying, she's like, out of everyone in our family, you're the one person that doesn't get angry. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's it's been a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of yoga, a lot of meditating, a lot of self-help. Another way I've learned how to manage my emotions was through therapy. I think I never really thought of therapy as something that was important until I realized that I needed it. I realized I was, you know, projecting onto other people and it wasn't healthy. So the therapist made me realize and how to, like, taught me that I need to manage my emotions. And she also told me that I need to have, you know, passions and hobbies and to keep myself busy. And that's very important. I was reading this book, a Japanese um, uh, book. It's not a Japanese book. It's called Ikigai. It's a Japanese way to life. Um, it talks about how the key to a happy, long life is staying busy. So... When she told me, like, to help how to manage my emotions and everything, to stay busy and, you know, 
just having passions and interests and not just always being involved in drama will help me. In high school, I was always involved in drama. Oh my god. But now I'm like, I don't have time for that. Finding ways, like playing an instrument helps calm you down. For me, I play the piano. Journaling. Yes, this is what I was talking about. Journaling. Journaling has helped me tremendously as now when I'm upset or sad or like, I won't really tell anyone. I'm not advocating for like, hiding your emotions and like, you know, just keeping everything to yourself. Obviously, that goes against everything I said. But I'm saying sometimes it's unnecessary to like, you know, word vomit a text to someone and express your emotions, especially if someone's already going through something. Like, that's why I recommend therapy and journaling because you get to write down all your thoughts, organize them, and it will make you feel so much better. It's very cathartic. It helps a lot. Just like how crying helps. Crying's form. Catharsis really helps. Same with journaling. And I journal almost every day. Very, very helpful. I'd say the last, like, method or practice that I've put in place that has helped me be more calm and peaceful and manage my emotions was getting in touch with my spiritual side. So I did talk about like meditation, yoga, and crystals, but I am a Muslim. So praying and knowing that God is there and like that really brings me peace and helps calm me down and makes me more rational and logical in thinking. I won't go too much into the religious aspect but having like a spiritual connection is i think it helps you a lot with keeping yourself grounded and there is one more thing that i think that definitely helped me and now i'm seeming to forget it i had it written down oh my god hmm hmm oh yes <laughs> so having peace and quiet like not being surrounded by other humans i'm starting to realize this as i get older as i become more emotionally mature that i used to think that i was an extrovert but i'm more of an ambivert which is like a mixture of an introvert and extrovert and as i grow up i find that i'm you know going more to the introvert side and i really do enjoy my peace and quiet I really hate negativity and gossiping and drama and getting involved in other people's life affairs. You know, I used to thrive off of that stuff. Now I'm like, oh my god, right? It's just not for me. I've I've seen it. I've seen what life is like about it, and I love it here. Okay, solitude, being able to be alone and enjoy my own company and love myself and you know just vibe with myself has been a really good way for me to bring inner peace into my relationships, friendships, my family, and everything. So definitely find ways that you can ground yourself. It may look different than what, I, what I'm doing, but definitely try out what I'm saying if you don't know what to do to start with. You know, yoga, yoga, meditation, journaling, therapy, being alone, solitude, self-help books, getting in touch with your spiritual side. These can all help manage your emotions. And if you find yourself really struggling, especially with like rumination, self-blame, anger issues, and just 
outbursts. If you find that you really can't control your emotional outbursts, I do recommend seeking professional help because that will help you tremendously and they will actually give you exercises catered to you and your personality to help you not have emotional outbursts. So I hope that in 2021, all of us become more emotionally intelligent and emotionally mature because honestly, lacking emotional intelligence really holds you back in your career and your relationships. So I hope you guys, you know, read some self-help books, read more on emotional maturity, listen to my podcast, maybe apply some of these things into your life. Self-reflect. Maybe you already have, or you already are doing all these things. You already have all these traits. Obviously, I didn't cover everything. There's more to it. But I think the gist of it is just, I think I covered it. It's just, you know, being stable, mentally stable, emotionally stable, not overreacting, not being impulsive, being more empathetic, being a kinder person, understanding where others are coming from, being more assertive, not aggressive. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will be posting next Monday, and you guys will hear from me then. I hope you guys have a really good start to the new year and are staying consistent with your goals and are thriving, honestly. I hope, I want all of you guys to grow this year. I think 2021 is really a year of personal development. A lot of people are talking about personal development. I hope you guys succeed in your careers, your personal lives, your relationships, and you all become or stay maintain yourselves as healthy individuals so you guys will hear from me next week and stay tuned and make sure to share the podcast episodes with someone who you might think may need the help or you know just share the the page someone might find something that you know maybe they're working on emotional maturity and this podcast episode really condensed a lot of the stuff that i've researched so yeah all right i'll see you guys next week oh i always say i see this is because i used to have a youtube channel and i used to say i'll see you guys next week but okay you guys will hear from me next week all right take care of yourselves and stay thriving okay bye